If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined once again this week by Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. We weren't here last week. We skipped the week, and we will explain why. Plus, we're going to talk about travel. Las Vegas opened this past weekend. I was there. We'll talk about what it looks like, the surprising things, the cool things, and everything in between. We'll also talk about travel. I got out on the road. Joe's planning travel. Mark's planning travel. So we're going to talk about kind of moving forward and getting into travel, all the logistics and everything going on with that. So much to go into on this show, so stick around. But first, if you like the show, please consider subscribing. mtmpodcast.com is where you can go for all of the links to subscribe. And if you like the show, please consider leaving us a great review, five-star rating. It helps us reach more people. mtmpodcast.com. Thanks, and let's hit it. So, hey, gentlemen. uh, how has it been? It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded an episode. What you been up to? Pretty much same old here, though. Uh, big news: the potty training. You know, we really hit that huge jump, so that's going successful. I would confident saying I'm two to three months away from never having diapers ever again, which is a pretty liberating feeling. So, uh, yeah. How many times did you say that before with your other kids and then you had another kid where you just thought like, okay, I got like a year left. The door was always open. So the door was like always open, but now the door is, uh, cut closed. Cut closed. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, the path has been cut off. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, if you will, (laughs) yes, indeed. Uh, you might say that. So yeah. Doesn't it sometimes some people get pregnant even after getting snip? No. Yeah, they do say that. So, you know. <laughs> Thanks, <I> Mark. <laughs> you can never you can never quite relax until you're about 50. Anyway, how are you doing, Mark? Uh, doing okay. Same old, same old pretty much, you know, besides all the craziness that happened over the last week or two, pretty much no nothing new at home as far as anything else, but no snips. Uh, I do remember potty training uh my son and my daughter and Potty training my son was like the worst experience of my life. It was just horrible. My daughter was really simple. She picked it up in like a month or two. They always say girls pick up things faster. And that that happened to be true in this aspect. But yeah, my son, man, it was like traumatic. (laughs) Did you guys ever have like any of your kids? Was it a traumatic experience or was it all pretty normal? I think it's always been traumatic. There's always like a very, each of our kids, there's always been like a very kind of intense, like two weeks that were like super traumatic for like everyone involved and this time it's funny because the older kids are helping out which is amazing by the way but uh it's been a little bit traumatic for them as well but you know eventually uh you get through it uh oh one more bit of personal news the two-year-old also gave herself a haircut so now she has hipster (laughs) bangs and they are not straight at all so uh yeah that's (laughs) not as cool Uh, well at least uh (laughs) my daughter once snorted some styrofoam for no reason. So uh, I'd rather her, her have cut her bangs. Even, I didn't even, 
these are the things they don't tell you when you're becoming a parent. I didn't, Which even, is, realize that was, I didn't even realize that was snortable. I didn't either. Well, it was like, it was right before we had to go pick up my son. I think he was in like kindergarten or something. So she was, she was like three at the time and she never did anything like bad or anything. She was pretty like good from the beginning, you know, so you never really worried about her much. She was just like sitting in the living room and I had like, you know, the strips of packing stuff. I think it was packing something up to sell that I sold on eBay or whatever. So like these flat things of styrofoam, you know, you rip off and you just shove in there to use. And she had like ripped off a chunk of it. And somehow, I don't even know, she just like snorted it up her nose, (laughs) like a small piece of it. She like comes to me crying. And I'm like, what were you like? What were you thinking? What were you doing? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, well, try to blow. And instead of blowing, she sucks. (laughs) So she just goes, like breathe <laughs> breathe in super deep and it goes even further and she has like a tiny nose as it is and a little nostril i couldn't get anything up there to pull it out and i'm like well we're gonna have to go to the doctor now i gotta call the school send him to aftercare like freaking out she's bawling she comes up like a minute or two later as i'm trying to get stuff set up and like look daddy it came out because she was crying so hard and sucking in that it ended up coming out her mouth I was going to say, she probably hawked it up like a loogie. Yeah. All the, all, the, all the people in the chat listening live right now or listening later, the ones without kids are like, man, probably a great idea to not have kids right now. Like Bethany. <laughs> she's, yes. she's like, see, that's why. She's very happy with her life. Except for right her now. dog's barf and, and poop everywhere. So it's pretty much the same thing, except smells worse. So there you go, Bethany. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> So I, I guess uh, we should, as we start the show, maybe talk a little bit about why we didn't have a show last week. I know that we did cover it on the site, but not everybody reads the site. Some people just listen to the show. You know, Joe, you want to you wanna kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Like, I was scheduled to record another podcast uh, Monday night, and on Monday, that's kind of when the protests uh, hit a climax. I'm not saying they're anywhere near done being over, but... All of us have been reflecting over the last couple of weeks about just uh, all the racial injustices here in this country. You know, it's funny, on the last episode recorded, episode 42, I talked a little bit about my experience as a person of color, but uh, it's not about me or Asians right now. But I think finally things have boiled over and a lot of people in this country are no longer accepting the status quo and the racial injustices that face African-Americans. And, you know, last week it just felt like all those things that were going on in the world were more important than travel. So I canceled a recording that I had on Monday and I spoke to Sean and Mark and they felt the same way that, you know, it just it wasn't a good time to be talking about travel. We understand that the podcast is a great diversion and a chance to think about other things. Um, but, you know, last week didn't feel like the place. So, you know, I do want to say unequivocally that Black Lives Matter, it is important for us to right these systemic wrongs that have gone on for centuries in this country. And it's going to be a long way to go, but it's just important. Yeah, it's incredibly important, I think, to all of us. And so we've made that decision. And as uh, with you, I believe Black Lives Matter. And I did write on the website my thoughts on this in great detail. So I won't go into it too much further, just because you can read it. And I think it would probably be better there than anything I could say right here. But this has been an incredibly profound couple weeks. And uh, me personally, I feel like it's my time to continue listening and uh, to support this cause because I feel it is worth supporting and peaceful protests. And I support the right of all of uh, the protesters out there and the cause itself. So for that, Mark, do you have anything you want to add? 
same sentiments. It, it does feel, I, I know Black Lives Matters has been, has been around for a while now, uh, I think since 2016, something like that. Yeah, that's right. But this does, it, it feels different, which is good. It feels like, you know, there's momentum picking up and, and people are finally listening, which is important and, you know, something that shouldn't have taken to this point or, or something so tragic to happen. For it to move forward and, and for things to continue to progress, I think that it, it looks like it's going in the right direction and, and I'm looking forward to it and, and hopefully it continues that way. That's I support it fully. And for all the people I will say that say, you know, want to say all lives matter, that's 100% true. And it's not ignoring all lives. This is Black Lives Matter too. That's what it what they're trying to, to say. And in certain segments of the country and throughout the world, that's not the case. They're not treated equally. So until we get to that level, then we can say all lives matter because right now they're not all treated equally. So that's something we need to strive for. And that's what I have to say on it. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of good analogies coming out. Like, again, yes, of course, all lives matter. Anyone with common sense understands that. But if you walk into a doctor with a broken arm, you know, they're not going to say, you know, you know, your whole body matters, right? They're going to take care of the broken arm. And so right now, just in this country, all minorities, but especially African-Americans, just systemically, their lives have not mattered as much as other lives in a practical sense, uh, looking at it. You know, Mark, you put up a post saying that the movie Just Mercy was uh, free to watch and I work in the Boston Public Schools, so you know a lot of my students have been affected by this. But like Sean said, I think there's always time to listen and to learn. So I really thank you, Mark, for putting up that Just Mercy was free. And then after that, I also found out that 13th, which is a documentary by Avid DuVernay, is free as well. Um, also Selma, you can Selma, get. So yeah. there's a lot of education and learning and listening that we can do out there um, from the comfort of our homes. And Just Mercy, that movie is uh, is fantastic. It's incredibly powerful and one of the better movies I've seen over the last few years and one that I would wholeheartedly recommend every single person uh, watch, especially now. One last thing before we move on. It's never been the goal of the site to be political or to divide our readers or our listeners. This topic is that important to all of us. We just all shared our own personal opinions. We didn't discuss anything or tell each other what to say. So let that stand on its own. And like I said, I'll continue to listen. We'll continue to listen and try to uh, be a positive force for change in this world. And uh, I don't want to be the last to say anything on this. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we move on? I just want to say personally, you know, I really respected what you wrote, Sean, and you're sharing your experience with uh, your family and how you've had to deal with this personally, uh, even as a light-skinned Jewish person, as you described yourself. And so I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate your giving us the freedom and the ability to speak up and uh, not silencing us. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right, then let's talk about uh, Las Vegas, guys. How about that? Because uh, it's uh, reopened. <laughs> That's a segue will, right there. <laughs> I will say that the transition into that topic and out were the smoothest I've ever heard in my life. No. But, but I still respect you. So, well, get, everybody, everybody knows really that. There's any way you could do it. Yeah, everybody knows that Las Vegas is near and dear to my heart. I live here. And I've been covering on Miles to Memories. And we've been covering on this podcast the closure, uh, what it was like abandoned you know, all the requirements and the precautions as they reopen. And then finally, last Thursday, Las Vegas reopened. And <laughs> I, I'll tell you, it was uh, definitely, I saw some stuff that I wasn't quite expecting, but it was an interesting sort of experience. It, not only Las Vegas opened, casinos in general across the country are reopening. So not just here in Las Vegas or in Nevada, but there are casinos everywhere. And these companies are trying to figure out ways to try to protect guests. But what I learned is that most of the people who 
decided to go to the casinos in the opening few days don't really care. I mean, and I'm not saying they don't care about other people or anything. I'm saying they don't care about the precautions and stuff. They don't want to wear masks. They want to kind of go about and do Vegas the way that you used to do Vegas to smoke and drink and laugh and co-mingle and, you know, do all of that fun stuff. And they were doing that this past weekend. We saw videos. I, I filmed a couple of videos. And like I said in a, in a post about it, there's no law that says they can't, that they have to wear a mask indoors and the casinos don't require it. So I don't feel like, honestly, people are doing anything Wrong. I chose to wear, well, they're not breaking any rules, so I'm not going to criticize them for doing that. But I personally wore a mask and I was just surprised by it. Again, I just want to be very clear. I'm not trying to shame anybody because the world is too complicated right now for we don't need more shame. But it was definitely an interesting experience. What did you guys think seeing can all we, those videos? Can we shame from... the uh, the go-go dancers that were wearing like plastic shields? Or... <laughs> I did see that. I saw the, uh, the picture of you a bartender. You want them to spit on you from up there? <laughs> That, that's for your protection, Mark. Yeah, they can wear a cloth mask, but when you're wearing like a full, <laughs> look, look, it looked like a Dexter uh, killing shield that he wears when he's cutting up bodies. Like that—that's not what I want to see on a, a dance. Yeah, but she had to go back to work. Or they had to go back to work. Yeah, but I mean, some of them were wearing like the regular like surgical masks and stuff, or a cloth mask or something. Like you know, get like a mask that says the casino's name or a branded mask but that doesn't protect your eyes and some people are are concerned by that and so they have to let or space out the dancers further away from the tables like you're not using the full pit like there's stuff you could have done i don't know yeah i mean like i I, (laughs) just seem like so this is it's a good point because at this is where you take your stand mark huh yeah, this is this is the hill I'm dying on. That I mean, because at Universal Orlando, they have like character interactions, like Spider Man and stuff, and he's like on a pedestal and the same kind of thing. But they're like very spread out. So I mean, you're right; they could have done that. So you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I, do I just think thought it's funny it was funny. That that's your hill to die on. <laughs> it was the one. It was the craziest thing I saw from the whole. <laughs> it was. It was. It was the least surreal. expected. Let's say that the least expected thing. So what was your impression of how the crowds were compared to not only when you were there, but also over the weekend, like compared to like a normal weekend in June? Like because not wearing masks is one thing, but I think my bigger concern, because, you know, if you kind of think about it, like the industrial air conditioners in Vegas are probably blowing that air around quite a bit. But I'm worried about like how crowded things are. So how did it look in terms of crowds to you? Well, I think to start the Vegas wasn't at full capacity when they reopened a lot of the casinos on the Strip still aren't open, and they will be opening up over the next few weeks. But I think demand was was pretty good. I was there on Thursday. I actually got to Caesars Palace about 9.45 a.m., so about 15 minutes before they officially opened. And so I was able to see kind of the festivities, see Wayne Newton a little bit. Oh, you got to tell that story. That was kind of funny. Well, I was actually inside Caesars Palace at 9.45. You could actually go inside, not in the casino, but in like the lobby area. And so I was waiting there, and they actually had the official like opening at 10 a.m. outside of a different entrance. So after that happened, Wayne Newton and all the Roman soldiers and everything came coming through. And this older gentleman who has like a, a bandana on really like a nice old man. He kind of pu- puts his, he pulls his bandana down and the bandana is covering his face like a mask, pulls his bandana down, starts talking to Wayne Newton. And they're both, you know, in there, I don't know what is Wayne Newton in his late seventies, something like that. Th- this gentleman was know, about the same surgery. Age. It's hard to tell. He, I'll tell you, he looked good in person. I, <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, because uh, there's no wrinkles on the face; it's unnatural. <laughs> but uh, this older gentleman, uh, Sean, just, just blows right by. 
went up and sh- tried to shake his hand, completely innocent, not trying to do anything, just because we're so, you know, he met Wayne, he's meeting Wayne Newton, and he, and he was so excited to meet him, and, you know, Wayne Newton kind of laughs it off, and he's like, no, I'm not going to shake your hand, let's do a fist bump, so, uh, so he, they start to do it, and so the guy starts to do a fist bump, then Wayne Newton switches to an elbow bump, and so, yeah, there was a fist bump and an elbow bump, and I thought it was kind of an interesting way to start it all off, and... Yeah, the, when I was there on Thursday, it wasn't too busy. I was actually kind of, you know, excited about it. Checked into the hotel. Everybody had masks. All the guests that were checking in front of me, we were all social distanced. Uh, I got into my room almost right away because obviously <laughs> they didn't charge me for early check-in, thankfully, since nobody had been there for three months. The room was beautiful, and, and I was excited. Do and they then, normally charge for early check-in? I don't feel like that's... Uh, most Vegas casinos charge for early check-in. Oh, really? Even with status? I don't know. I'm no, I mean, not so status, but my point was yeah. there were, they weren't okay. tra- charging anybody. Anybody could oh, have okay. checked in at okay, 10 a.m. Uh, because it was the first day. So, But, yeah, in Vegas, it's very – generally, they, they have set charges depending on the number of hours of early check-in. Wayne Newton looked very, you know, likable and, like, good spirits about it and everything. We ran into Donnie of Donnie and Marie once, and he was the exact opposite. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a thing around Vegas or if we caught him on a bad day, but like my wife and her friend went up and said, hey, Donnie, you're Donnie, right? And he's like, nope, I'm not. Sorry. And like tried to play it off. And they're like, can we get a picture? And he was so annoyed by the whole thing. He took the picture, but he was just outside of the thing, um, the, the showroom in Flamingo. I think he was like having a meeting or something and was walking out. And it's like, dude, just take a quick picture. Like it didn't hurt anything, but he was totally standoffish about it. I'm sure it gets annoying after a while, but. Still, that's part of the the gig, part of the why you get paid so much, you know? Yeah, and Wayne Newton, I've always heard good things about him. I've never met him personally. This was actually the closest. I have seen him before around, but I've never been. This was the closest I had ever been to him. But he was there for, you know, officially for the opening, and he he had handlers with him, so he wasn't stopping very long, but incredibly friendly to everybody I saw him interact with. And so props to him for that. And, yeah, I mean, as far as the the check-in experience, we had six social distance, six feet apart, waiting in the line. If you check in on the main check-in at Caesars Palace and at their other places, they have a thermal scanner that you walk through that they verify your temperature. I checked in at the Diamond uh, check-in, and so they had a handheld temperature scanner. So they checked temperature before you're able to go check in. They're not checking temperatures for people in the casinos or people that just come in. Only if you're checking into the hotel are they checking your temperature. That makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) But I don't, I don't, I guess because like, they figure you're sleeping in the same, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, they're doing that, and then, hey, let's uh, do six feet apart in this line, but as soon as you enter the casino floor, you can, like, be standing right on top of somebody and whatever you want to do, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're just sort of have these rules, I think, to appease people. I do feel like if you're very kind of uncomfortable with people without masks indoors, you know, being in that in that area, that I would highly recommend not going into the casinos because it's optional and most people... Uh, aren't wearing them. And especially as the night went on, like when I was there, uh, I was originally not sure if I was going to stay. And I ended up, I did end up staying because I wanted to check out the casino floor at night. So I was, I, I made a walk through around 10 PM and I actually filmed that and almost nobody had masks on and people were, it just felt like going, walking through a Vegas casino four months ago or five months ago. It didn't feel any different than that at that point. And I was, you know, wearing my mask and uh, even got looks from people. So it, it was just a strange thing. <laughs> you, 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 how dare you rain you on ima- our parade with... <laughs> Can you imagine how much crap that go-go dancer must have got for having the face? Oh, and, my gosh, know, yeah. But, uh, I know, that's but, one I mean, thing I do. Way to be part of the problem, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do feel bad for, you know, the dealers and stuff because they don't really have an option. And I know they're all wearing masks, but if they don't feel comfortable with people not wearing masks, they're kind of stuck, which I thought was interesting because you took pictures of uh, like MGM, how they're handling it, and then Caesars, how they're handling it. And Caesars Properties basically like took some chairs away, but they didn't have any type of protection up. And then at MGM, they had the plexiglass up at like uh, blackjack tables and they had partitions on craps tables. So when you look to like to your right or left, there was like a little bit of plexiglass there. And I think they told you that the reason was they didn't want to interrupt airflow, which is something Joe brought up a little bit ago, which keeps the virus moving if it is in the air. So I can see it both ways, but I would feel a lot better as a dealer if that partition was up in, in front of me. Yeah, just to be clear, so at Caesars, they are requiring masks at the table. So if you're sitting right at the table in front of a dealer, you have to wear a mask. Oh, um, okay, I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah, so that is the one thing. But if you're standing, I saw plenty of people standing behind players without masks, and you're equally, you're definitely within six feet of the dealer. So so yeah, if you were yeah. playing cards, let's say they might make, they would make you wear a mask, but if I was standing behind you, I wouldn't be required to wear that, uh, a mask. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're standing up, which is even worse, because... Yeah, so I mean, there's there's that, and uh, I will say that you know the casinos do have in- incredible technology when it comes to like sucking smoke out of the air, so they don't really recirculate the air; they they filter it. And I guess every casino is going to have a different quality of uh, filter. The older ones tend to have less quality. That's why you kind of walk into a casino; it's much more smoky. Whereas if you walk into a newer casino, it's a lot less smoky. So obviously, the air is still going to be circulated around no matter what you do. But like you said, uh, Bellagio. Uh, at MGM Properties, they are putting up the plexiglass shields, which I feel like when just seeing them in person felt like a better solution to me because you're there is a barrier between you and the people on your sides, the other players. It's like a sneeze guard, field. right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like a big sneeze guard. It didn't feel claustrophobic. And then dancers don't need to wear sneeze guards on their face. All right, Mark, calm down, okay? <laughs> All right. You, you put the them up at the table and then they can dance away. Yeah, it looked like a better deal, uh, situation for me. And then also at Bellagio and MGM is going to install these at all their properties. They had uh, a few different areas in the casino where they took out machines uh, and installed. I believe there were machines where they installed these. And they installed sinks and uh, like dispensers where you can grab gloves and masks, surgical masks. Those will be stolen every day. <laughs> yeah, so the first thing, so Jasmine and I get into the Bellagio. We're walking around and I'm taking a couple pictures of the sink so I could you know publish it and, and post it. And then all of a sudden this lady walks up to the mask thing and she takes like at least like 10 or 12 masks and stuffs them in her purse in a hurry like so nobody would see her and then walks off. So that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be a thing I think going forward. Oh yeah. And at Caesars I should say they don't have that but they do offer you masks. So like when I walked in the door for the first time, uh Jasmine had dropped me off and I had left my mask in the car. So I was going to stay outside but I just went to see if they had a mask and just as you go in the door they they hand you a mask. Uh, they have like a security guard had tongs, so they're taking it out with tongs, so they're not touching it, and uh, you grab it off of that. So yeah, I mean, I feel like if you don't, if you're not too concerned about the virus and you're okay being around people again, and that's your view of all of this, then I think you'll be perfectly comfortable. And if you're really apprehensive, it's like the best spot to be for sure. If if that's if you're feeling that way, yeah. And if you're apprehensive, it's probably for me. I'm maybe a little in the middle. I, I'm kind of unsure about all of this. I, I definitely. And very cautious, and it, it did. After a while, it did weigh on me a little bit. I was, I just wanted to go home and not be, uh, not have be around so many people with masks. There was a little anxiety there. But that's normal, Sean. Oh, I, I, I just, just, I just want people to know what to think when they. I mean, what to. What yeah, they can but I'm saying you normally are like, ah, get away from me, people. <laughs> no, but not not when I'm in a Vegas casino, though. I mean, I'm just, you know, it was just like. 
No, because you're about, you're trying to avoid people. <laughs> okay, fine. I hate people. That's it. I mean, I, I, I hate all no. the power to. I, I hate people as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to win if I, I keep trying to defend myself. Joe's, Joe's laugh where he was like, ah. <laughs> I've learned long ago when Mark uh, tries to to, to yeah, pin me in a, to pin me you in the eye, just ignore and move on. So. Yep, yep, yep. The other thing is you don't and you don't gamble. So like you have like literally no draw to be there. So I totally get why uh, you'd want to be out of there. You know, that doesn't it doesn't sound like an experience that I currently uh, am too into right now. And, you know, I also uh, Bethany Bougie Miles got into my head a little bit when she was on the observation deck talking about like the overuse of cleaners too. you know, you throw that into it like you kind of don't want to smell cleaner all the time you know like when things get bleached and stuff like that and you know it just smells all the time so you know i don't know i i, I might be uh off of casinos for a little while uh, if we are ending i do want to point out i think mark shared this but you know every time i say mark shared something it wasn't him but there's that video of that dude smoking a cigarette through his mask like he lit the no, cigarette i didn't out of i the- didn't share it <laughs> i knew i'm always wrong i know the one time i don't give you credit it will, will have been you <laughs> Anyway, the dude has a cigarette sticking out the side of his surgical mask and he's lighting it like a boss. You know, that that's the way to do it, Vegas. Yeah. And downtown Vegas, when they opened on Thursday, was a very different experience. Caesars was still very low key. Um, it wasn't all that busy. I had heard from others like Venetian was very much the same way. Bellagio, was, this is on Thursday. Kind of they kind of eased into it. But like at midnight on Thursday, when the doors opened on downtown in Fremont Street, it seemed like it was pretty rowdy there from the beginning and crowded. So I think it was a lot of locals doing it, but I think a lot of Californians came over the weekend. So yeah, Joe, to kind of go back to your original question, I don't think it was busier than normal or even as busy as normal, but the capacity is very limited. And so it was, it felt busy. And some of the videos, like there's video circulating at Cosmo where, I mean, it was packed. It was absolutely packed, no masks anywhere. Yeah. And that's what you should expect if you come to Vegas. I mean, that's, that's the truth. I don't know any other way to say it. Yeah, and that's the the one thing I wonder, like, because, you know, half of people that go to Vegas aren't gamblers. They're they're there for the party, the entertainment, uh, going to shows, going out to eat, getting dressed up, you know, stuff like that, hanging out at the pool. And those are the things that are kind of like, you know, a lot of that shut down and stuff. So are those people going to be interested in going with having less available to them? Or are they just so pent up and ready to get out there that they're going to go anyway? So that'll be interesting to see over the next couple months because... So many restaurants, even the the properties that are open, have you know half their restaurants shut down right now. So it's yeah. Of- I mean, the, we we uh, on the site have the, the list of all the available restaurants for like the Diamond Celebration dinner, and it's a, it's a very sad list. I mean, it's not a sad yeah. list. Some of the some of the hotels are very. Are, I mean, some of the restaurants are nice, but yeah. it's just a sad list because there's so very few that are available. Yeah, there's only probably like two that are people would normally want to go to for it, probably, which is Nobu and um, Ruth's Chris. So, Hell's Kitchen, maybe too. Yeah, maybe Hell's Kitchen, but uh, there's Starbucks on there. I don't know how you spend a hundred dollars at Starbucks, and, yeah, unless you have like at the Flamingo, right? <laughs> unless you bring like twenty people with you. Like, what are you doing at Starbucks? I don't. <laughs> Who knows? You know, you just buy everybody. Well, maybe you could like buy a gift card. Forty you, double oh, shots. There's there's a there's a hack right there. Try to figure out how to buy a gift card with your diamond celebration dinner. Ooh, and you can turn around, sell the work. gift card, cash out ninety bucks out of the hundred. I, I mean, I don't know if it would work either, but. There you go. Worth a try, right? I guess, yeah. Why not? I like nice dinners, though, so I'll just save mine for uh, to actually use it for dinner since I wasn't able to use it in New Orleans. But yeah, Vegas, 
you know, come support the city if you want to, if you feel like that's going to be the case. If you're nervous, I'd say you're going to drive yourself a little nuts. Just wait a little bit longer until things shake out. That's my uh, my neutral stance on it. Now, let's talk about uh, about travel in general because I traveled this past weekend after Vegas. I decided since I was already going to be exposed in the casino, I had been working up towards buying a Tesla for a while. And I decided that it made sense to time it on the same weekend since I found one in Arizona. I headed down to Phoenix this past weekend for a very quick trip just to pick it up. And so I, I did stay in a hotel and I was on the road. I rented a car one way. So I did experience uh, some of that. Um, so we thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about travel and, and you guys are planning some travel too. You guys are finally booking something, even though it's kind of social distancing stuff, right? Yeah, I finally booked some travel. I'm going to write about it, hopefully post it tomorrow. But it's kind of outside my norm because I, I'm I'm not a big Airbnb person. I've tried to avoid it. I just don't like it. I'm not a fan of the company either. But with everything that's going on, you know, and we canceled our Hawaii trip, which I think I talked about last episode. A big reason for canceling that was because the experience isn't going to be the same. You know, if I'm going to spend this money or spend my effort or time or points, you know, I want the full travel experience. So we usually go like up north in northern Michigan and stay at a hotel there that has like a beach a tiki bar and, and go downtown and hang out and do all that stuff. And it's a non-points hotel, so it, it costs money and I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that because a lot of that stuff might not be accessible and I don't want to spend this money to go just sit at a beach and stare at stuff and then kind of try to figure out where am I going to eat and how can I eat, where am I allowed to, all that stuff. So what we did was actually rent a house like down the street from the lake, I guess it has beach access and stuff. It's about the same cost as the hotel, but then we can you know, bring our own food, cook our own dinner, bring meals, or if we get takeout or something, it's a lot easier to eat at a house versus crammed into a small hotel room. So that's kind of what we're doing. That's the first travel I booked for this year. Um, in July, we're going to go spend like three, four nights at a, a cabin, I guess you could say almost. And I think that's kind of what Joe did, right? Yeah, uh, we're doing the exact same kind of thing. So my sister rented a house in the Poconos for her family and my parents and our family. It has like a huge pool. A heart-shaped hot tub. Isn't that the big thing in the Poconos? <laughs> uh, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, but, uh, put on some Daniel Tiger. We're going to go hit the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, with my parents in the next room. So it'll be like, high school again. Anyway, so um, <laughs> we rented the house. I might feel comfortable going to a restaurant, eating outside with like just my family. But once you have like 11 people, like I just don't necessarily want to deal with it's 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 annoying enough when there is not a global pandemic going on to go out with that many people, uh, especially if it's family. And it's just going to be even worse if we're worrying about things and we're not going to go out. So renting a house, you know, we're just all going to bring our own groceries. We're going to drive to New Jersey first, stay with my parents a couple of days, load up on groceries, load the car. And then we're all going to bring our stuff out there. And, you know, we're just going to spend a week out there, hit the pool every day, have our food. And so yeah, it should be great. Uh, my sister found that one. I also rented a house for our family and my in-laws on the Cape for August and just doing the same kind of idea. Again, we're going to go to the house. We made sure to get one with beach access, had to get dog access as well because of our dog. Those are our major summer plans. It's uh, funny. That would sound have sounded like a super boring summer to me in 2019. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like super excited about it because we get to go somewhere, get to spend time with family. And the one nice thing about being stuck in a house is 
you kind of get used to being stuck in a place and now we're just going to get stuck in a new place for a week and you know i'm down with that a lot of people are talking about doing like a staycation or staying at a nice hotel you know having their parents watch their kids while they get away you know adults only or whatever and but the question still remains like what's that going to look like are are the restaurants on the property going to be open is room service going to be available and stuff so there's so many unknowns that it makes it tough to plan anything that's why i I was attracted to this renting a house because you know what you're going to get, you know what's available, and you can kind of like do your own thing. So that's where why we decided to go this route more so than like the virus or worrying about getting sick and stuff like that. Yeah, there's just like a lot of unknowns. You know, uh, I was talking to Dia Adams on Observation Deck, and we were talking about she actually rented a house in Myrtle Beach for like a month in May, and she stayed there for three weeks, and then she switched off with her husband. And so she rented a nice apartment that had like a window overlooking the beach so she could just like see when the beach was crowded or not crowded and then her and her daughter would just go down at that time and so she said that like in Myrtle Beach and this is one thing that like I'm not used to because I'm up here in Massachusetts but like all the restaurants were open like people you know there's very few masks you know when they were wearing masks and even inside like people would look at them like it was a little bit of overkill so I I'm guessing that like some of the places people will travel this summer will have different Uh, standards as to what they're used to. And I think that's going to be interesting as well to kind of see how that goes. But they could have gone to restaurants every night if they wanted to. They still ordered in and did whatever. But I just think the thing with the house is, you know, you give yourself that flexibility. Like if you want to go out, you can go out. If you want to just cook your own food, you can cook your own food. But with a hotel, unless you're like at a one of those homestay type hotels, you just don't have that flexibility. So I think that's why the house is the way to go this year. And then plus, you know, if you cash out your ultimate rewards points at 1.5 cents per point, you know, you've got cash for that as well. Yeah, I, I think you guys make great points about why p- people would want to do that and have no disagreement about that at all. After having stayed in a hotel this past weekend, uh, a Hyatt hotel, so not just Vegas, but, uh, you know, a nor- more normal style hotel. and Or um, a motel as Bethany said it looked like. So yeah, so Bethany said it looks like a motel. So I stayed <laughs> it at does. the. Uh, I mean the the furniture and stuff looks old. It, it did not look like a Hyatt. Well, it is. So it's it's a destination hotel, and so it was part of their acquisition of them, and it's called the uh, Scottsdale Resort at McCormick Ranch. I actually agree with you. I had seen pictures. One of the reasons I had never stayed there before in other trips to Phoenix was because I love the Andas there. The Andas Scottsdale is, is is an amazing hotel, and it's just down the street. But also because those pictures did make it look worse. I would say the rooms are actually pretty good. They're probably the quality of an average Hyatt Regency. Maybe the decor is a little bit different, but the quality is. So it looks worse in pictures. But then the bathroom where she said looked like a motel, that was the only picture I think she had seen at that point. And that was all marble and stuff. So actually it was fairly nice. But Take it was that, okay. Bethany. But what's crazy is Hyatt has four <laughs> resorts in that area. They have the Andes, they have the Hyatt Regency, they have, what is it, Golden Palms or something? I forget the, the, the exact name of it. And then they have this one. And so there's four big resorts in this area. And I'd say this is probably looks like the, the least nice of the four, but it was a third of the price of the other ones for my night. And so I was perfectly happy to stay there. The room was okay. Wasn't shocked by this after what I had seen in Vegas, but in Arizona, no one was wearing masks. I mean, the employees, again, were wearing masks per Hyatt protocol, and they had installed glass at the front desk. So when you're checking in, there's glass between you and the employees, but none of the uh, none of the guests were wearing masks. I didn't see uh, – I think I saw one uh, old couple, older couple wearing a mask out of the hundreds of other guests I saw at the pool area, indoors, in the lobby, kind of everywhere. So we weren't at the hotel a long time. We mainly stood in, stayed in our room. Uh, we did eat breakfast outside 
before we took off, but it was pretty early in the morning around seven o'clock. So there wasn't a lot of people. There wasn't anybody else outside. The breakfast menu was limited to three items. So they had cut it way down, but it was a pretty kind of normal stay other than the fact that again, uh, by this time, I just wasn't entirely comfortable being around all of that. And so, like I said, I, I did write an article on the website. I, I highly suggest people read. It says, I traveled this past weekend. It was both amazing and terrifying. And I kind of go into more detail on that. It felt so good to be out there traveling. It felt so good to check into a hotel. Uh, that's a, such a big part of my life. Uh, it's been such a big part of my life forever. And I will would be lying to say that I didn't enjoy it, even with all of the other kind of stuff that made me a little nervous. I really enjoyed it. And I want to find ways that I can get myself out of the house a lot more to do stuff like that. And I think renting houses and doing that kind of stuff is a, a good uh, strategy. Anything else you guys have to add about travel, about, about anything else uh, on this topic? I think the only other thing that I'll say is I do feel like this summer will, for me, be a lot about flexibility. We, you know, we know the news changes uh, very quickly. Hopefully it won't this summer, but you know, I think everything that we've booked, well, I guess the Poconos house is in like two weeks. So, um, you know, we're within the cancellation window there, but like the other house that I booked, you know, has a full cancellation policy and that's just kind of giving me peace of mind right now. Um, just in case, I mean, I generally like to have refundable things, but I feel like for this summer more than ever, I'm tending towards those types of options a little bit more. Alrighty. And let's head into rapid fire. Mark, you want to start us off? So the first po- post I wanted to talk about was Richard Kerr's post on the Universal Studios opening in Florida, and he did a pretty thorough uh, review of it, like his experience during it, and you know what what type of thing rules they have now, and the systems in place, and you know some of the issues that they have or, or that they still need to work on, and just kind of like a, a good overview of what the experience is like like that I found interesting. Um, I know that's something that we've talked about in the past. Like, would you go to a theme park when it opens up? I don't know if you guys are going to go to Disney or not when it does open up. Um, but I found it interesting and I'm not a theme park person. So if you're interested in that or considering it something worth reading, I know Joe, Joe had a little bone to pick with it. Well, what was your issue? Cause it was like before opening day or it wasn't a, it's a tiny bone, but yeah, he went during the, annual pass holder preview. So in some ways, it's, it's like a reverse bone almost, but the weekend after the annual pass preview, the crowds were actually lower. So, you know, whenever you go to like a preview for people who have special access to the park or whatever, not that he got special access, but well, I have no idea whether he did or not, but it's annual pass holders, not just like the general public. Um, it's always going to be like a little bit different. So, you know, I wish he had been able to stay for a couple of days. So I, he could let us know what a uh, Saturday was like, but you know, uh, it's good to at least have some boots on the ground. All right. And yeah, let's, uh, let's move on. I'll, I'll take the next one and some good news on Sapphire reserve. We've known, we've learned a lot of things since they made changes to Sapphire reserve, uh, that it's earning five X on grocery purchases up to $1,500 a month. Temporarily. We also know that the $300 annual travel credit, uh, is good on gas and grocery purchases instead of just travel. But we didn't know if they actually, if, you got the travel credit towards a grocery purchase or something. If you actually earn 5X, we were able to confirm that that is indeed the case. So if you buy groceries and you get the credit, you're still going to earn the points on that purchase. That's pretty cool. Link in the uh, show notes if you want to learn more about it. Joe, you want to finish this out? Yeah, kind of related to theme parks in Florida and things like that. There is currently 
restrictions if you're traveling from the tri-state area to Florida. If you're flying in, you'll have to fill out a form. If you're driving in, there are traffic stop points where if I think, you know, from what I'm seeing from Disney Facebook groups, if you have a New York, New Jersey, or, or Connecticut plate, they're pulling you over. A friend of mine went to Universal over the weekend. Uh, he's from Tennessee. He did not get pulled over. But, you know, I've also heard that people from the tri-state area are getting pulled over. If you are from those three states, technically, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days. Like I said, when you fly in, you have to fill out a form. If you break that, you can face punishments of up to $500 or 60 days in prison. So uh, just kind of bear that in mind as you're thinking about going down, uh, whether you're driving or flying, they're not. uh, Is there anything more Florida than this? Because isn't Florida like the second or third most right now or third? I'm not going to make any commentary. I just want people to know. Okay. If you're in the tri-state area, I know this is a very densely populated part of the United States that likes to go to Florida. That's what they're saying. It's extended until July 7th right now, but uh, we'll see if they extend like, it even further. People should not want to go to Florida because their cases are exploding right now more so than Florida should be blocking people. But Like I said, I'm not going to make any comments. Keep digging, Mark. Keep played? digging. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, Joe, when people aren't listening to this fine podcast, where can they find you? You can check out my newsletter, tinyletter.com slash as the Joe flies. You can also check out my Miles and Points podcast, saveracityobservationdeck.com, and my Disney podcast, disneydecipher.com, where we've had to do a huge reset because uh, Disney World is completely different now. What about you, Mark? You can find me on Twitter, McCosty1038. Email me, Mark, at milestomemories.com, or you know, comment on any of the articles on the website, milestomemories.com. I'll get back to you there. Or in our Facebook groups, I'm there all the time. So hopefully you join them. How about you, Sean? Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. We uh, love for everybody to subscribe. We're putting out more content. You can find the video from the casino floor at Caesars Palace on opening night on our YouTube channel. So check that out. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. People got all political with that and gave us thumbs down. So if you are hearing this, just give us a thumbs up. Nobody's trying to shame anybody. Just trying to show people what's going on. Subscribe so you are notified when we release new videos. And of course, milestomemories.com and for this fine show mtmpodcast.com where you can subscribe and uh, find all of our episodes so there you go and uh, until next time bye stay safe everyone see ya and that's it for the rapid fire what is there's not much else to say about it. No, I'm laughing at something Joe sent me. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, see, they're making fun of me behind my back, everybody. Joe, that uh, it was it was PDX Deals guy that shared the smoking thing. I just saw. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Can I go with my rapid fire now? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Toronto, wait, wait. wait. Sure. You're like you're like that's it for rapid fire. I don't know. It's that mean like that's it. I thought for your did I say fire? did I say that's, that's it for all rapid fire? I thought I meant. Oh, you said that's my... it for rapid fire. It's unclear to me whether I meant that's my rapid, rapid fire, fire with a capital R or yeah. So just throw it to me. <laughs>